Bonjour and welcome back. We meet again so soon. This is episode 39. Guys, we are creeping so close to 40. I feel like I'm going to do it. I might even do it. I mean, I've already recorded one podcast today. Three in one day might be excessive, but it's coming this week, let me tell you. I hope we're all well whenever we are listening to this. Now, this episode I've been wanting to do for a while, or it's become apparent that this will be super helpful, especially to people that are starting their coaching journey with me or anybody that is just starting again, probably again, on their own fitness, health, nutrition journey. Think of this as your where to start. I'm going to deliver this thinking from the mindset of if I were, you know, in a real horrible place with my behaviours, my thoughts, I wasn't training, I wasn't taking care of myself, where would I begin? Because a lot of the time when people come to me and they start working with me, this is exactly where they are. And they're feeling super stuck, they're feeling super overwhelmed. Um, Maybe they're trying some different things. So I will address, initially I think, looking at the mistakes that most people make initially, or their expectations, which would be better placed elsewhere. And then we'll go into, okay, well, what would I do? And what am I recommending that you do? Especially if you are starting your journey, your coaching journey with us, or you're just starting your journey again, or maybe for the first time. So the main mistakes that I see people making when it comes to starting out on their their journey, and this is for any kind of goal, right? But let's be honest, the most common reason that people start with a coach is for an intentional weight loss goal. Or with me, to be honest, a lot of it is just getting back into good habits and improving your health. So here are the main things that I tend to observe that people are doing. People don't have a routine with when they eat meals or when they eat snacks and they have a pretty erratic schedule or eating pattern. That's the kind of key one that I do notice. Or on the flip side, we are super restrictive or regimented in that we are letting an app like MyFitnessPal dictate specific numbers and what we eat and we're kind of not actually tuned into when is the best time for us to eat, when do I feel most hungry, when do I lack in energy, when do I take a dip, Uh, when do I train and need to have a kind of pre-workout snack. The, The kind of two ends of the spectrum are where most people are. The next one is people are trying to eat as little as possible or as low calorie as possible. And you're probably thinking, well, isn't that what I need to do if I want intentional weight loss? And the answer is no, that isn't what you want to be doing. And it's always going to backfire if you're trying to eat as little as possible or eat as low calorie as possible because this tends to be a rather restrictive mindset. And it's also not a very satisfying way to eat. And it becomes increasingly difficult the longer you go on like this. The next one, people eat mindlessly. Now, mindlessly can refer to lots of different things. I tend to 
mean, you know, eating for the sake of it. So that might be that there's visual cues or external cues in that there's things in the office or someone offers you something or you're out and you see something or you're with a partner who's going to eat something. So you're eating based on other people's intentions or based on things outside of you that are not me making this choice to eat something. Uh, Another uh, mindless eating kind of scenario is the boredom eating um, the kind of emotional eating that might come where you just don't feel like you have agency over what you're doing, which obviously you do. And this might sound harsh, but you do have full control over your actions. It's just that your mood is dictating your ac- your actions. Your emotions are dictating your actions. So this is the mistake that I'm seeing is people are getting bogged down in the mood and the emotions and not thinking about their intentions. So they're not being intentional with food. And they're especially not being intentional with food that they like. And what I mean by that is they are restricting or telling themselves, right, I need to stop having sugar. I need to stop eating chocolate. I shouldn't be having pizza. Rather than saying, I love pizza. I'm going to enjoy pizza, but when is the best time for me to do that? And really looking forward to and planning that thing. You know, the most of the enjoyment that we get from food comes from the, anticip- the anticipation of food. Um, if I know that I'm going to be going to my favourite bakery, like the anticipation of that, I'm absolutely buzzing. Like I can't wait to see what's in there and what I'm going to choose. We don't allow ourselves to do that a lot of the time. When people come to me, they're not allowing themselves to do that. They... When we talk about like the actual makeup of foods, these are all behavioral things, right? But when we actually look at what it is you're eating, most people don't eat enough fruit or veg. Most people don't eat enough fiber. And I would say probably 99% of people don't eat enough protein or they don't eat protein regularly enough. So again, quite a, a kind of simple one there. People tend to think that they need this really complex and fancy meal plan and they don't. They just need to address some common themes. Next is eating sugary foods or sugary snacks when you are hungry or when you are lacking energy. This does not help hunger and it does not help energy, not long-term anyway. And if you are resorting to these types of foods because they're easy, because they're convenient, because that is what the brain is going to seek in those moments, it is even harder to stop eating these types of food because we have this heightened kind of dopamine response to these high sugar, high salt, high fat foods. So people tend to, you know, label themselves as binge eaters or overeaters because what they're actually doing is reaching for the wrong thing, the most convenient thing in response to hunger. And it's really hard to stop. And it's not about willpower. It's not about being lazy or being addicted to sugar. It's about managing your environment and being a bit more prepared. I'm probably going to use the word prepared a lot throughout a coaching journey if you're working with me. Um, But yeah, reaching for those things. That's not to say I don't think that you should have those things, but there is a specific time where it'd be better and you would enjoy them more. And then... The last thing is not allowing 
flexibility. So yes, we can have a plan. Yes, we can get prepared. Yes, we can start to be more intentional with our choices. But sometimes you're going to have to make different choices on the fly. You're going to be thrust into different situations. You're going to forget something. You're going to be invited to something ad hoc and it shouldn't fill you with dread or panic. And that is what I see a lot with people is that it does and it throws them and that one snack or that one meal then cascades into this kind of, oh, fuck it mentality. So they're the main mistakes I see people making when they start. Um, And then if they do start a journey whether it be with myself or with another coach or on their own, they expect that they will need to set themselves rigid rules, set themselves a rigid meal plan, set themselves exact calorie and protein goals that they must hit the same every day. And that is absolutely not the case. Um, And that's another mistake that you may make. So what what am I going to do then, Sky? crack on, move on. You're telling me all the things that I'm doing wrong. Yes, I can resonate with lots of those. So what the frick should I do? Here's what I would do if I was starting again. And here's what I'm telling you to do if you are starting with me. Okay. And obviously we'll talk about this one-to-one, but this is what I want you to focus on. I want you to start to think of two, maybe even three, ideas for what you can eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You might even just pick one, that might be the the easiest thing, just pick a breakfast that you're going to have every day, a lunch that you're going to have every day and then maybe a couple of dinners that you're going to rotate through. And then I want you to do the same for snacks and I want you to think about your snacks either being protein based or having some fibrous fruit or um some vegetables in there or something that's going to be potentially more filling than a quick chocolate bar or a biscuit, right? Make a list of some ideas. That is going to be your planned meals. I'm not going to use the word meal plan, but it's going to give you something to refer to, to take the decision fatigue out of it. It's also going to make food shopping super easy and it's going to let you see how it feels to eat intentionally and with a bit of a plan. Obviously, you can deviate from this plan, right? But thinking about that. Now, when you're planning these meals, I want each meal to have a source of protein. So, for instance, breakfast might have yogurt. You might have yogurt in your breakfast. That's your protein source. Uh, Lunch might be chicken or it might be eggs or it might be steak. And then dinner might be the same, it might be salmon, or it might be turkey, or it might be pork, mince, whatever. Thinking of a source of protein, obviously if you're vegetarian, something like tofu or temper or some other form of vegetarian protein sources. Then, at each meal, after you've got your protein, you're going to add one to two fruit or veggies. So if you've chosen yoghurt for breakfast, you're going to add maybe some raspberries and blueberries to that. If you have eggs for lunch, you're going to maybe add tomatoes, spinach and mushrooms to that. Then you're going to add a form of carbohydrate. This hopefully will be more of a kind of whole grain source of carbohydrate, but it might also be refined and that's fine. But most of our carbohydrates, let's think starchy carbs. So for breakfast, 
it might be some oats, it might be some granola, it might be crushed up Weetabix for your lunch with your eggs and your veggies, it might be a bagel, it might be some whole grain toast um, for your dinner, it might be pasta, it might be rice, it might be potato, sweet potato, that thing, that kind of thing. Bulk out your meals, plan them this way and think about trying to be as full as possible, not trying to eat as little as possible, trying to be as full as possible and then make it satisfying as well. So how can we use spices or herbs or some condiments or some oils and a little bit of fats like nuts or avocado to make it tastier? I want you to be focusing on that. When it comes to portion sizes, um, you could just use the rule of thirds. That's a really easy one to use. So a third of your plate is protein, a third is these fruit or veggies, and then a third is your carbohydrates. If you are more active, then maybe go for a little bit more carbohydrates. If you are looking at intentional weight loss, maybe go for more fruit or vegetables. Not an exhaustive kind of, you must do this. It's not rules. It's guidelines to help you plan your meals. That's what I want you to focus on. Focus on really bulking out those meals, making them balanced, and you'll probably find that you will snack less. Next, I want you to plan to eat at set times and take actual breaks to eat. Now, I know this is not an ideal situation because some of you are super busy, absolutely killing it in your jobs, you're parenting, you don't get one freaking minute to yourself, but try as much as you can to eat without a distraction, to actually take a break from your laptop, take a break from your desk, take a break away from your phone, take a break and sit at the table with your family and actually pay attention to what you're eating. Um, it's not going to be ideal if, you know, you are rushed off your feet all day, but trying to have a kind of rough time of, okay, at breakfast, I'm going to eat at around 8am. I'm going to have my lunch at around 12pm. I'm going to have my dinner at around 6pm. Okay, whatever's going to work for you. What I would say is when you're thinking about planning this out, you shouldn't really be waiting more than four hours to eat. Once we kind of get past this like four hour mark, we're moving into this territory where we are a little bit hungrier than ideal. So when we do come to eat, there is a chance that opens us up to maybe overeat and eat a little bit more than we need, right? And that's when you guys tend to be really horrible to yourselves, kick yourselves, tell yourselves you're greedy bastards, and then it all unravels. So if you're thinking, okay, well, when should I eat? How about every two to four hours, depending on your hunger, depending on your activity. If you're super active, it's probably going to be more regular. If you're not that active, you can maybe go every four hours having a meal. The next thing is actually thinking about if you are hungry or not. Am I hungry or am I bored? Is this a habit? Is this an external cue? Am I eating because somebody else is eating? Um, you know, sometimes you are going to eat when you're not hungry. For instance, if I'm going into check-ins and I know I'm going to be in check-ins for like three hours back to back, I may eat something before that, even if I'm not hungry, because otherwise I might not have even eaten for two hours before that. And then if I go into three hours of check-ins, by the time I get out, that's five hours, I'm going to come out of that 
really, really quite hungry and that might, you know, impact my focus when I'm talking to my clients. It might make me a bit irritable, agitated, especially for me with ADHD, it does exacerbate those things. So being sensible about it when you're planning out your day and making it work for you. It doesn't matter if you eat your breakfast at 7am or 10am. It doesn't matter if you have your lunch at 2pm or 12pm. It's just got to work for you. Um, so trying to think about that. When it comes to calories, everybody comes to me and says, you know, long term, I'd like to stop tracking my calories. But yet they come to me and they want me to give them an exact calorie target. So Initially, I don't set one, which is a bit of a trick for me. It's a bit of sorcery. Um, I want you to track habits instead. Thinking about what we've just spoken about. Planning your meals, the meal times that you're having, the makeup of these meals, the things that you're trying to get into these meals and these snacks. I want you to track those things rather than you're tracking your calories every day. Why is that? Well, we don't need the exact same energy intake every day because our energy output is going to differ day to day so trying to hit exactly 1762 calories every day and beating yourself up if you go over by 10 is ridiculous we are not robots we do not know for exact numbers what we need so take that pressure away instantly also when you are focused so much on numbers you don't listen to your hunger. A lot of you tell me that, you know, you go into bed hungry because you've already hit your daily calories instead of being like, you know what? I'm still hungry. I need to eat something. I will adjust my calories for the rest of the week. So try initially to think about these habits. If that absolutely fucking terrifies you, which it may do, we obviously have some work to do on your relationship with food, try not give yourself a rigid target. Try hitting these habits, hitting these different guidelines and seeing where your calories come out at and giving yourself a bit of a range of, I would like to stick to around this target, give or take 200 calories either side. That gives you the flexibility that if you're not as hungry, you're not eating for the sake of it. And also if you are hungry, you can go over. If you really are like, no, no, I want to step away from tracking calories. Hallelujah. I'm here for that. That is always the end goal for my clients. Maybe track your protein so just keeping an eye on how much protein you're getting at each meal you don't have to use an app you can literally like calculate this write this down look at nutrition labels and try and think about your fiber now if you are a client of mine there is going to be resources that come with this podcast that will show you different sources of protein the serving sizes how many grams of protein you're getting at each we generally want to be looking at like between 20 to 40 grams per serving um, you know, you don't need to stress about that and hit an exact number, but a good fist size serving is a great place to start. And you'll get a resource of how you can add fiber into your day and different foods that give you um, what amount of fiber. We, we wanna be aiming towards 30 grams per day. Not everybody gets even close to that. So it might be a gradual thing that you build into, but being aware of if you are lacking, thinking, can I increase by like, 10 to 15 grams this week and then maybe be consistent and add a little bit more the week after next don't be a dehydrated bitch there is not one of you that comes to me that drinks enough water that might that might be an exaggeration but most of you are not so get yourself a big bottle if you're somebody that forgets or struggles either set yourself reminders have it visually 
in front of you, carry it around with, pardon me, it round with you, or add something to it that doesn't make it as plain. It really does make me laugh that people go, oh, you know what, I really struggle to drink two glasses of water a day. Well, you don't struggle to drink eight cocktails on a weekend though, do you, hun? So, add some diluting juice in there, make it a little bit tastier, yeah? But we need to get that water intake up. Move intentionally. Again, people come to expect me to give them a step a step count target. They think that they need to hit 10K steps today. 10K steps is, is an okay number, it's a great number, right? But it is a made up number. It was made up by a company in the 60s that was selling a pedometer for the Olympics. And they campaigned, their marketing campaign included 10K steps a day, right? Now, the research says that anything from where you are currently is better for your health. 8,000 steps and above is great. 10,000 is great. And above that is great. But if you're only doing 3,000 steps a day and you increase it to 5,000, that is going to improve your health. So take where you are now and start to increase that. And that doesn't have to be a step count. It could be, okay, I don't ever get out for a walk, right? I want you to intentionally plan some movement. I'm going to aim to get out for two walks this week, even if it's just 10 minutes, even if it's just 20 minutes, start small and build up. But we want to be moving and breaking up the periods that we are sat sitting. That is the most important thing. If you just go and do 10,000 steps in the morning and then you sit on your ass for the whole rest of the day, it's not ideal. We want to be breaking up sitting. That is what we're thinking about. Um, Look at your sleep. Again, a really obvious one, but sleep impacts everything. It's where we recover from our training. It's where we process information. It helps us regulate our appetite and our hunger. It helps our mood. It helps our cognitive function. So... I don't need to keep preaching, but look at your sleep. Do you procrastinate sleep? Do you waste time on your phone? Do you struggle to get sleep because you are looking at your phone so late at night? Do you have an actual wind down routine? Try and start some habits that kind of are the start of your wind down. So it might get to, for me, my phone goes on do not disturb at 9pm and I start to have a shower or a bath or I start to take off my makeup, do my skincare, brush my teeth, then I will start getting ready for the day, the next day, sorry, get my clothes out, have a look at my calendar quickly, what am I doing, and then I will read my Kindle and go to sleep, and that's generally my routine, and it helps my brain shut down, (laughs) not completely shut down, but it helps me to just kind of wind down and start getting ready for that. You guys might do something totally different. It might include a bit of stretching. It might include a bit of meditation. It might include listening to something rather than reading something. Whatever it is, start to try and have a bit of a more routine bedtime and more routine wake time. That is really going to help this inner clock, this circadian rhythm that we have that helps our body run smoothly in very generic terms. And then lastly... Look at your food environment. It's all well and good me giving you all these guidelines, but if you're not helping yourself by making it easier to reach for things that are more optimal and making it harder to reach for things that are maybe a bit convenient, and convenience isn't always bad, but if we're not getting things that actually give us energy that are nutrient-dense, 
that are going to fill us up, we're going for things that are nutrient lacking and more calorie dense, is that ideal? So, you know, looking around, what's on your kitchen tops? When you open the cupboard, is the first thing you see biscuits and chocolate? Or is it, you know, other things that are more convenient, like microwave rice? Or I'm thinking about my actual cupboard here. Um, Pasta or couscous packets or fruit, bananas, bagels, you know, things that are going to be more filling. On the table, we have a bowl of fruit. So it's in my eye line that we've got oranges and bananas. So I will grab them rather than seeing biscuits or chocolate on the worktop. So thinking about that environment, it you know, the research that we look at around food, food environment shows that it is really, really detrimental sometimes to your goals when you don't set yourself up for success. Um, talking about these external cues, if something is there and you can see it, you're more likely to go for it. So that would be where I would say start. Be consistent with those things for about two to three weeks and come back and tell me how different you feel. I haven't mentioned exercise in there because some of you don't exercise, some of you do. Um, obviously, if you do, great. If you don't, just some intentional movement, whatever that looks like for you is great. Whether that's walking, whether that's biking, whether that's running. Um, but when it comes to nutrition and health, these things would be my absolute go-to start here, do this for two to three weeks, come back, tell me how you feel. Are you going to be perfect with this? No, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for consistency. Are you going to always feel great? Well, no, because there might be other things going on in life that are going to stress you out, like family, like relationships, like work. But by doing these things and getting organised and being intentional and planning ahead, you're going to give yourself back energy and mental bandwidth to deal with the stress that comes with life um so yeah if I was going to start again that's where I would start and you know what sometimes I do have to start again I have to sit down and go right get your shit together Sky you've had a week of being all over the fucking place let's not be dehydrated let's get an early night get back into a good routine let's plan what we're going to have for our meals this week let's go food shopping and have these things in that kind of thought that kind of um process is what I go through because I'm not just telling you to do this when I don't do this myself all right but I think people start and they want you know to completely change everything and they think it needs to be really regimented and complicated and it doesn't it's about getting back to basics and you would be amazed at how much these fundamental things can change how you feel okay that is enough of that like I've said, if you are a client of mine, then you will have access to supporting resources for this. There are some other podcasts you can go back and listen to if you want some more help. Um, my three to five rules for lazy nutrition is a great one. Kind of reiterates, reiterates in more detail what we spoke about here in setting up your meals. But yes, those resources are available to you so you can visually see what kind of food groups you want to be going for, how you can put meals together. Um, Unfortunately, if you're not a client of mine, you're going to have to figure that out by yourself. But if you do have questions, guys, you know where I am. I spend a stupid amount of time in emails or in Instagram. So drop me a message. I really hope this was helpful. And 
let me know if you start to implement these things how you feel in a couple of weeks thank you so much for listening and i will catch you all on the next episode bye